Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name is Brent. And this episode, we're discussing SST 66, the various artists' uh, album, Program Annihilator, Volume 1, I believe, right? Yes, there is a part two to this. It's SST 213, which is going to come out in 1989. Whoa. Well, we got a ways to go. Yep. This one, though, is heralded as 70 minutes of psychic fuel. So, interested to uh, to discuss that. I think we've pretty much discussed most, if not all, of this before, but it still is always interesting when we do compilations to revisit stuff that we've been through uh, before with kind of different ears on. Hold on a second, Ryan. Mine was 80 minutes of psychic fuel. I wonder... I never looked. Is there more tracks on the CD? What do you have, the CD or the double vinyl? I have the CD. Hmm. Mine says 70 minutes. Okay, well, it must be 70. Well, maybe this is a rare case where the double vinyl has more. Ah, we'll have to check that out in uh, History Lesson Part 2, perhaps? We might have to. Yeah. Do you have any spiels to start us off, Brent? Oh, I got some spiels. Lay it on me. Well, first, I'm going to say since, you know, I, I don't know if everybody listens to the very end of our podcast, so I'm going to let everybody know we're going to take a, a short break over the holiday season, and uh, we're going to come back in January with our slovenly episode, Thinking of Empire. So, you know, good chance to go back and check out some of our older ones if you haven't yet, and... We'll be gone for about three weeks, and then we're going to come back. So, And some of the stuff we're going to be getting into in 2019, Ryan, we're going to hear some stuff we haven't heard yet, like Zoog's Rift, Alternatives, Always August, uh, Lawndale, Divine Horseman. But then we're also going to be checking out some, some more from some other bands we've already heard, like Gone, Saccharine Trust, DC3, St. Vitus, uh, some more Black Flag, Sonic Youth, Fire Hose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Leaving Trains. Lots of great stuff coming up. Ooh. Yeah, and this episode is going to come out, I believe, shortly before Christmas, right? Yeah. So I have a... Uh, we rarely request anything of our fans other than to just be, you know, good to each other and send us some good suggestions. But I have one request for people this holiday season while we're taking a break and that is to uh give the gift of mojack pass it on um forward it on it'd be great if we could um get some more listeners i think we're we're doing really good and we really appreciate it but um spread the word yeah that would be awesome i have a few more spiels ryan i have first i have a recommend okay i think i sent you a picture of this when it came in the mail, but I watched the Radio Birdman documentary, Descent into the Maelstrom. Oh, I bet you that's good. It is good. It's... I don't know. I mean, I love Radio Birdman. It gets a little sad towards the end because they're all fighting with each other. Oh. Uh, does it do? Does it do what you also dislike about documentaries from time to time and that is focus mostly on the early days and not enough on the later days well a lot of the documentaries that do that are bands that have had you know 30 40 year careers radio birdman didn't 
you know, the, pr the primo stuff for Birdman is obviously the first incarnation of the band. They do go up into like the Zeno Beach reunion stuff, but that's where it gets a little, people are quitting and getting kicked out and in kind of shitty ways and there's a lot of bad blood. It's, it, it's not good. And I don't know, some of the footage, it's like, I don't know, it's mostly talking head footage, you know? Oh, not much playing? Not, not a ton. There is a whole bunch of bonus material that I haven't watched, but um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not trying to say it's not good. It's good. And if you like Radio Birdman, you'll like the documentary. It's just, they were such a, you know, explosive live band that maybe a bit more footage throughout the, uh, the documentary would have been good. Well, I think, I think I'll be checking that one out soon anyways. How did you make out Ryan for Black Friday record store thing? Oh, whatever you call oh, that's it. That's yeah, it was Black Friday record store day, whatever you call it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as much as I kind of resent the idea, there still are releases that come out that I have to kind of check out. I did not fare very well this year. I did not get the Worm album. I had to order that online and pay through the nose, and that has not arrived in the mail yet. There's a 7-inch that Mike Watt plays on that I was trying to get called the Tone Scientists, mm -hmm. and uh, I was unable to get that one. Um, probably the best thing that I got, I think I mentioned it to you, was um, some demos by uh, a Dead Kennedys LP, demos with with like the original lineup with 6025 on it but even that i had heard most of it before and the sound quality is not the greatest so yeah record store day wasn't wasn't that uh exciting in terms of new releases this year but i did you know find a bunch of you know cool used stuff like i usually do right on. and um I got a couple of used records by this band I really like called Hey Colossus. I know them, yeah. And um, I was stoked to get that more than any record store day stuff that I was able to get. Right on. I got two of the three two of the three things I was looking for. What'd you what'd you get? Well I'll tell you what I did not get is the Keith Richards Run Run Rudolph twelve inch, but I'm still hoping to get it because we're up in Canada, so some of this stuff trickles in late, I'm told. It's not quite the, uh, not quite as exclusive as maybe the, the record store day in the spring. The one thing I really wanted, I got, which is the. Uh, it's on Yep Rock, and it's, it's a compilation called Three by Four. It's got the Bangles, the Three O'clock, the Dream Syndicate, and Rain Parade. So what it is is, a double album, and each band, does. Um, like, for example, the Dream Syndicate does a rain parade, a three o'clock, and a Bangles song. The Bangles do a three o'clock, a Dream Syndicate, and a rain parade song, etc. All four of these bands are reformed, by the way. Even the three o'clock? Yes. Wow. The Long Riders are reformed, too. They have a new album coming out in 2019, and they have some deluxe editions of a couple of their albums as well. 
coming out three disc versions on that Cherry Red Records. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got those coming too, but this is really good. Um, I was really hoping to get a copy. I imagine it's not that hard to find. It's got really good liner notes. All the bands do liner notes talking about why they chose the songs they chose um, and uh, talking about seeing those be the other bands for the first time or hearing them for the first time. It, it's really good. Some of the stuff we've talked about before, like Mark, Michael Quercio, I know we've mentioned before, who was in Salvation Army, which turned into three, the three o'clock. He starts his spiel off by saying, thanks to Dee Boone from the Minutemen and his New Alliance label, I was an 18-year-old 18, 18 kid with his high school band's demo tape made into a 45 record. Because uh, the Salvation Army had a single on one of the first releases on uh, New, New Alliance. Alliance. Yep. Yep. I've got that single. Do you? Yeah. It's a good one. Vicky, oh, yeah. Vicky Peterson, who we just finished talking about in Love Doll Superstar. I think she was in the movie. She does a bunch of liner notes here. She's uh, in the bangles. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. I really like it. And then I did get the Worm 12-inch. And uh, it's good. It's a double album, as most people know. It's got some great photos in it from uh, Spot and Naomi Peterson and Glenn Friedman. It's got some live pictures of the, the trio before Simon was in the band. Like they did some shows in the first incarnation of the band. Yeah. From the 70s, and there's some live footage of that. That's really good. There's a bunch of pictures of them in the wormhole. Like it's definitely an old office space because there's you can see calendars on the wall from like 19 and the year on the calendar is 1964. So does it sound better like the Feast album or the single? People on the internet have said that it actually sounds better. But I, I think we'll hear from Chuck in the interview coming up that like this was, this version was taken off of like just a test pressing of the actual vinyl, I thought. That's what he says. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound bad. I don't know if it sounds better. So I listened to the whole thing. Uh, the Feast album is really good. It sounds good. For me, it's the best Worm stuff because it's got Simon, who is just phenomenal on vocals. The I'm Dead stuff is better than I remembered. The one track I'm not sure we talked about when we did Feast, we've done them twice before for the I'm Dead, We're Off, I'm Dead single and the Feast album. I'm not sure if we talked about the track Black Swan. It's off a Destroy LA comp that came out on Mystic Records. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned that specifically. Yeah. If anybody wants to hear more about Mystic Records, they should check out episode 47 with Tom Tricoli because he talks about that studio where this track was also recorded. And uh, that's a really good track. I, of course, the thing that everyone wants to hear are the 77 Wormhole demos, five tracks, um, including I've Heard It Before, which sounds nothing like the Black Flag version. Uh, considering those came out a, on a, or were taken from a cassette that was recorded 41 years ago, they sound actually pretty good. They're, it's definitely, you know, record, you know, a band jamming. Chuck is 
well, it says right on the back of the album here, it says, my name is Chuck Dukowski and I'm a bass player. And he just, on, on these cassette recordings, is like playing lead bass. It's really awesome. <laughs> it's got some liner notes on the back that are pretty good. It's a nice package. So I'm not sure what you had to end up paying for it, but mine wasn't cheap either. So whatever you have to pay, I, I bet you it'll be worth it for you. Yeah, I hope so. I paid, I guarantee I paid, I don't know. I'm going to guess maybe almost double what you paid. Yeah. I'm just going to guess. Oh, I have one more recommend, Ryan. I, I, for me? For you, yeah. This band okay. I, I, I saw online, I haven't heard the whole album yet. Uh, they're called Dead Rider Trio featuring Mr. Paul Williams. I don't know a ton about them. Dead Rider Trio has, or sorry, just Dead Rider has, it's a duo. They have a bunch of albums out. It's Todd Rittman from US Maple. If you read up on them, a lot of people compare them to Beefheart. It's very, to me, it's got a saccharine trust uh, vibe. I don't know much about this Paul Williams guy, but he's a, apparently a London-based poet. Used to be the manager manager for Crispin Glover, if that gives you any indication of like... He'd be out there. He's out there. Yeah. You might like it there. though. Dead Rider Trio featuring Mr. Paul Williams. It's on Drag City. Check it out. I'm on it. Those are my spiels. What do you have? Well... I mean, maybe it's not a spiel as much as as it is. I maybe need you to give me some guidance. I'm really frustrated with something these days. How can I help, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. I really like having a hard copy of a record, yeah, or a or a CD or a single or even a tape these days. I've I've bought a few lately. But more and more, as much as I really appreciate the spirit and the opportunity it presents for people to just like make, put together some music and get it out there on the internet mm -hmm. without a physical copy, I'm having a real hard time getting over not being able to get a physical copy of things. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So there's this band I really like called the hand and uh the hand are it's zach sally from low dale flatham i think from steel pole bathtub and oh. a guy named sean walker from gay witch abortion and i love the hand and they have a single and a new lp out but they've also released a ton of stuff like and it's just available as as like a download like as an mp3 or whatever right and i i can't i can't buy it because there's no physical copy and i'll give you another example too i don't know if you remember way back we were talking about fugazi and you sent me those fugazi albini demos on dropbox yep i may have told you that i listened to them but i didn't because i don't have a physical copy <laughs> and but and, it's a bootleg, Ryan. Yeah, but I how want to. How are you going to get a physical? I could burn you one. Ah, but <laughs> but there needs to be even like a bootleg cover and everything. <laughs> so, I so here's my problem: is that I feel like I'm missing out on stuff because there isn't a physical copy. 
but I just want to I want to understand like how do you deal with that? Do you just like download it and who cares? Because uh, here's the other thing: I want to be able to hold it. I want to be able to look at it. I want to be able to read it. But I'm also concerned that if I only have it as an MP3, I can lose it and it'll be gone forever and I'll have to rebuy it. Uh, well, I want to hold it and look at it too. But first and foremost, I want to hear it. So I'll give you an example. I bought the new Gary Lee Connor from Screaming Trees album, Unicorn Curry, off of his Bandcamp page because it was $7.99 or whatever. He gets the money. It's straight to him. There's nobody else getting a cut of that except for Bandcamp gets a little bit. Would I rather have the vinyl? Sure, but he didn't press any, and he can't because he tried to get a Kickstarter going and obviously didn't get enough people uh, raising their hands saying, I'll put money towards pressing this on vinyl. So am I going to let that stop me from hearing it? No. Singles seven inches they're expensive to get you know a new single is like 10 bucks for two tracks i'll just buy them off itunes for 99 cents each would i rather have the single sure i'll probably listen to it way more on my phone than i will listen to the 45 anyways so i don't really feel like i'm getting ripped off you know i paid 7.99 for the new gary lee connor I paid. I don't feel, I, listen, I don't feel like I'm getting ripped off. I'm saying I have like a psychological barrier that I cannot overcome. Hmm. Well, you know, for as many records I, as I buy, I listen to probably 90% of my music consumption is listened to on my phone. So maybe that's the difference. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still... Maybe I need to go for therapy. I don't know. <laughs> like, if I buy a CD, I rip it on into iTunes, put it on my phone, and then file it away and never play it. Yeah, I mean, I do that too in the sense that I put at, at a certain point in time, every one of my CDs finds its way onto one of my iPods for listening on the way to and from work. Yeah. But I still listen to, I still listen to discs in the car and at home, and I still want to know what's on my shelf. So I don't know. And I mean, as far as like reading, like looking at the packaging and stuff, <laughs> I think I told you like one of the things I want to do when we take a break is just sit down and listen to some records. And I'll give you an example of why I want to do that. I bought that U Men box set a year ago when it came out, and I haven't, I have not even taken it out of the package. Whoa! I haven't even, dude. I haven't even read the liner notes. Dude. Same with the Husker Du. I haven't read it. The, oh my God. The Numero Group. I haven't even looked at it. And it's, okay. and it's been like a year since I got it. <laughs> okay, well, you de you definitely need a break, but how does that relate to my problem with physical copies? Well, I'm saying for me... It's not as, it's not as important, maybe. Well, it is. I want to read that stuff, but it's just... It's a time thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would make time... Part of the thing for me is these are big books that come in records, and I never sit down and listen to a record anymore. If I'm oh, yeah. if I'm reading, it's in bed, and I'm not going to take a twelve inch <laughs> <laughs> insert out of a record to bed with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
yeah, but you're a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess I'm not. I'm not sure that I'll be able to overcome this. You're gonna but... have to. It's. I, I have friends that are selling their entire record collections and only streaming music. Oh God, I can't even. I'm not even sure I could talk to someone like that. <laughs> that's pretty. That's uh, I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. I'll uh, I'll keep working on it, but it's it's a big issue. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on, or should we uh, listen to the Duke? Well, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go straight into the Dukowski interview, and then we'll chat some more? Yeah, that's that's not. I mean, there's not a ton to go through with the uh, the actual release. The best part is coming from the Duke himself. Oh, of course. And before we we hit this interview, I should just tell people. I intentionally did not ask him about Black Flag or uh, his time running SST Records, and that was by request. So we kind of stick to the worm. And we also talk about Program Annihilator. Yeah, we do do that a little bit. Let's get to the Duke. History Lesson, Part 1. So we're joined today by Chuck Dukowski. Chuck, thanks for being on the podcast. Greetings and hello. So, Chuck, we're talking about the Worm Exhumed release that you recently exhumed. Uh, <laughs> there you go, word up. Yeah. <laughs> now, was this a project you had in mind for a while, or did somebody approach you about doing this, this reissue? Um, both. 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 <laughs> um, we had it in mind all the way back when uh, we did the photo shoot that uh, the cover is from. Okay. In in seventy seven, summer of seventy seven, you know, and then uh, Andrew from Org, um, he um, urged me along. <laughs> How much urging did did he need to do? Did you have these tapes, uh, like in a basement? Probably your... a little bit, probably a little bit more yeah. than it took for you to get the the podcast to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so a significant amount of urging, maybe. Word. <laughs> yep. Um, how hard was it to find the tapes? Did you did you have them in your basement? Um, I had I had all the source materials for what I did. Yeah, what's on this? Okay. And what what actually is on it? So it's the Worm Feast album. Did you do anything to those tapes to to no, prepare them no, for this? I didn't. I didn't do anything to anything. Just mastered it. Um, it should sound the same okay basically all of it should sound the same and the tapes were in good shape you didn't have to, to well i to... worked from the vinyl oh okay. uh, regrettably um sst still has the tapes oh i see so maybe someday i'll reclaim them and then we can remaster and have a slightly better yeah version but what i did is i had test pressings and um gotcha took it from that so it's the best quality best possible quality of vinyl and then mastered straight across okay as far as i can tell it's got the complete feast lp and uh the death ride track off of blasting concept 2 i'm guessing that song was recorded at the same sessions as the feast album it was yeah it was i just held it out um for the comp otherwise it would have been on the record Okay. In in this one, uh, I put it at the tail end, and uh, in the original session, it's it sits before Robin Doggin, and um, 
that stuff. Okay. And it looks like it includes the We're Off, I'm Dead, Time Has Come single? Yes, it does. And Modern it has, Man? It has, it has Modern Man, it has um, Black Swan, it has um, all of the Feast record, plus the, the Death Ride, and it has all of the I'm Dead session. Okay. Plus it has a whole side of um, a um, recording we made back uh, in... I got a few of these recordings, and this just seemed like the the best and easiest one to get the material from because it, it sounded good, it was consistent, and the tapes the tapes weren't damaged. So, so I... Um, pulled it from this particular one i remember it uh, you know it's uh, it's pretty good pretty good performances from 77 that down there at the wormhole so on the the 77 era of the band i read an interview you did recently uh, discussing the the reissue and you had mentioned jamming mm-hmm. jamming with simon in 77 right I, I was always under the assumption that he he joined the band when you kind of reformed it to do the feast like for the feast era of the band, is that not true? It is. We jammed with Simon in '77. It's like fairly early '77, okay. and um, we we hit it off. But but Simon was on a different track and lived in his life and his art, and he lived all the way out in San Fernando Valley, which is you know that's that's a minute away. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what the mileage on that, what is it, 35 miles or something from where we were in Torrance, maybe more. Okay. And so to make and, making a go of that being a band was tough, but um, he he already had an impact. His, the, the, I took the, we like, we did a, what's the word, a, um, embryonic or um, larval (laughs) version of um, I'm Dead for the very, very first time in that session. And um, I took the spirit of that when I finished writing that song. Okay, so So he had an impact on on the the spirit of I'm Dead, um, even though that was the trio band. And, um, you know, and then, but then I didn't see him again until he popped up um, doing Dead Hippie, and um, we we decided to follow up on what had been difficult to do, you know, ten years earlier. Right. Now, some of these songs, like Black Swan, Sewer Rock, were these these are from the '77 era. So, is some of this stuff maybe what would have been on the full length had it been recorded, or actually, you uh, mean the the you mean the Sewer Rock album? Is that, is that what it was? Sewer Rock album. <laughs> is that what it was going to be called? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, was, was and and was it actually recorded? I I had read somewhere that you you recorded a, it, a full it, length. It was. Yeah. It was recorded at Media Art. You know, maybe a month before Nervous Breakdown was recorded. But then the the label was called. They were called Embassy, and um, they folded on us. Okay. And then I most certainly did not have the cash to pay for the session. And when I did have the cash to pay for the session, which sometimes I regret, or I didn't really have the cash, but we had a little bit of money in in eighty eighty one there 
when media art uh, closed mm-hmm. and um, thought about ransoming those tapes, but it was a, a few thousand dollars. Then uh, we instead we recorded Minutemen, Saccharine Trust, and Stains with that money. Okay, so I guess we're, we're going to hear some version of, of those songs that potentially would have been the Sewer Rock album. Now, are any of these... The, the, I can I can tell you about which ones are which, you know. Sure. Because the, the Sewer Rock album would have had everything, I don't know if it's the exact tunes, yeah, all the stuff that's on the 77 side, the side four, the, the um, exhumed comp. Yeah. would have been on the, the Sewer Rock album. And if we had room, we would have also done all of the older tunes that are on the um, Feast album, including um, what what's on there. It's like Padded Cell, Bad Habits, 98 Decibel Addiction. Um, what are some of the other older ones? I, I can't think of it offhand. But those those three, plus also Black Swan, I don't think we would have recorded that. We didn't record that. Um, we we kept it to like it was 98DA, it was Sewer Rock, it was Daily Dose, um, Rundown, which is a neat tune that's not on the record, and I was torn about that one. Mm-hmm. Depth Charge, um, uh, I've heard it before. Um there's a couple more songs on the, you know, Modern Man would not have been on it. Okay. Um, that's an older tune. So like Black Swan and Modern Man are real old tunes. They're from like 74. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, a lot of that stuff's pretty, it has its, you know, comes from a, a long time back. Yeah, it's definitely got a proto-punk vibe to it. Like a pre-punk the, vibe. The newer, yeah, the newer tunes are stuff like um, Feast, um, should we be proud? Nailed to the wall. Where will we run? Song for Jimmy. Those are all new. But uh, you know, and then the last of the early era, the the last tune in the early era that you hear recorded is um, "I'm Dead," and it's B side. Uh, we're off. Those are we're off. Was contemporary. It was written when we recorded in what was that 81 and um then i'm dead was from 77 okay so it's like kind of the last in line before the group broke up back then right and and its predecessor was um padded cell okay when the band split up for the second time after the feast album came out do you think chuck if some of the members personal circumstances would have been a bit different uh, you would have con- continued on with Worm and maybe done a, a second full length? Strong possibility. Yeah. Any leftover Worm ideas end up getting used in SWA? Um, yeah, yeah, a couple. Um, Catacombs, um, Mystery Girl. Okay. Yeah, they... Sea and Sky. Mist- sea and Sky was one of the first Worm tunes ever we ever came up with. Is that right? That's yeah. cool. What about playing shows... Uh, to support this release, if Simon and Ed were, were around, do you suppose that might happen? Most deaf. Um, you know, I still, I mean, Lou's still around. Yeah. We've talked about uh, doing doing a Worm 2000 uh, thing, Worm 2018, 
2020. <laughs> yeah, that, would be, that would be pretty awesome. Some shit, you know. Yeah. Um, you have to put the, the other bits in place and see what happens there. Because, you know, it's, I mean, some of it, the trio music could still be executed in a trio style, but some much of what Simon did is got a more, um, got a, it's, it's hard to sing that and yeah. play it. I mean, I think I could sing and play Nail to the Wall, but I'm not so sure about uh, Feast and uh, Should We Be Proud. Yeah, some uh, of that, some of his vocals be. would be hard to to uh, duplicate, even without an instrument in your hand. They're pretty pretty wild. He's great. Yeah, yeah, we love I, it. I was like. He's great, um, you know. It's like in in vocally, what he's doing, not you know, stylistically, he's neat. Like nailed to the wall, yeah. fuck yeah, you know. That's 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 awesome. Yeah, um, it's like he he is just great. I mean, I always thought he was great. Yeah. The first time I heard him, I was like, damn. Lots of theatrics in his vocals. He's got just neat tone, you yeah. know, what he's doing, his, the, the emotion of his vocals is real good, and what he does musically is real good. I mean, because I feel like the musicality, he had the musicality, not just the emotion. And that's what you, you kind of want both, yeah. you know, ideally, you know, it's like the, I don't need to have someone, but, you know, he's like, good you yeah. know he, he bring in bring in the um you know i guess what i'd like he, he, he you know didn't need to be a singer but he is a singer yeah. <laughs> he can he can pull a note and, and uh, do something vocally like that whole robin doggin that's just an improv you know we had a few minutes of tape and um packed it up with vocals you know, it's like it's the last the tape, I think, is like however long they are. It's, I think it's half-inch A track. And we got done recording all the songs, and there it was. It's like, okay, there's, you know, two minutes or something of tape left, and he just sang it right through to the end. Hmm. Yeah, he reminded us, I think, a fair amount of, like, Scott Riegers almost from St. Vitus with very expressive vocals. Yeah, I mean, Scotty's, I like Scotty and in, Vitus. And for a minute there, you know, they, they were having uh, trouble with Armando. I know they talked to um, Lou. Oh, <laughs> didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, we spoke to Lou for our Feast episode, and he uh, he was, you know, had recently jammed with you, uh, right? Like, I think it was a day before we recorded with him, and he was just on a high. I think he called it like catharsis. You know, he said of all the people he jams with, and it, it sounds like he does a fair amount of playing. He really, he does. really likes playing with you, Chuck. Well, cool. I mean, I've always liked jamming with him. I got, uh, I think that's when I jammed with him and, um, and, uh, Phil who jammed with me in the swap. Okay. Um, the seals with antlers <laughs> rose, <laughs> yeah. come up out of the ocean, and busted some jams. Is that but, something uh, you do a lot of still? Just jamming, just for the joy of it? Yeah, I like to. I mean, I don't have an easy facility for it, but um, I do like to do it. You know, so I got together with. I had a. I had rented. I, I got together with Milo, and we rented a rehearsal space, and um, I was helping him by um, 
helping with the the money of it a little bit. And um, this is your son, so Milo. Yeah, the oldest boy, yeah. and because um, his his jams are great. And one one thought would be to to do a you know a um, worm with Milo. Okay. Um, I also did a, a jam with Dez. That was pretty good. Um, I haven't jammed with Milo and uh, Lou, but I did jam with Dez and Lou, and that was pretty ripping. Hmm. That must be. Uh, so uh, who knows? That must really take you back jamming with some of those guys from twenty, thirty years ago. You know, it, it's funny because I don't think about the time, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're talking about the program Annihilator compilation this week, and I kind of think, well, I've I've read it somewhere that this comp was like an attempt to maybe package up some of the heavier stuff on SST. Any truth to that? That's 100% what was up. Oh, okay. We were trying to came, come up with a name that came across as fun um, for the the heavy rock crowd. And to take the heavy rock that was on uh, SST and package it together, a sample of it all together, right. and then uh, put that out there. And that way, uh, people who were um, interested in that could get the whole program, you know, Annihilator. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, side four of the vinyl is really the Chuck Dukowski side. It's got three SWA songs and two two worm songs the swa songs uh, th two of them i believe were on uh, the sex doctor album which which I'm, I'm not sure had even come out yet at this point so they they may have been exclusive tracks to that compilation when it came out yeah i don't remember but um you know i don't know i don't listen to it you know to the the program annihilator i yeah. just Remember, we, you know, we were doing comps that, that were trying to, you know, we did the acoustic comp, we did the annihilator comp, we did the covers comp, we we were doing a bunch of them. Yeah. Well, I guess my question is, since uh, from where I'm standing, you got a really great response to the to the worm reissue. Any chance of ever making any SWA stuff happen? It's unlikely. Yeah. Um, okay. You mentioned maybe uh, doing some stuff with your son Milo. Any other uh, musical action on the horizon? Any more uh, Chuck Dukowski sextet stuff that you you might be working on? I got an EP recorded, and I think it might be the best CD6 stuff ever. Um, I mean, I, I love the CD6 material because, you know, then Laura, she's got, also has emotion and vocal chops. Yeah. You know, in her, her singing. And uh, like Simon, you know, there's a thought, you yeah. know, do the I worm was, with Laura. <laughs> I was just thinking that as you said it, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, back in, if you, if you peruse some of those interviews I did with the six, um, I felt like that was the, 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 the straight line of, of um, stylistic connection was from Worm to the Six. Okay. We we did the, you know, similar, like the, had a lot of improv in the music, um, and a, a singer who could, you know, who was, I mean, I guess most of my singers, except for Black Flag, have had um, some vocal, a 
possibilities. For sure, yeah. Beyond the the emotion, because Meryl can sing too. Yeah, he sure um, can. So yeah, it's who knows, but um, I did think you know it would be um, an interesting way to go with it because she could do she could bring that uh, you know a girl version of that curdle that uh, Simon brings for for nail to the wall and things like that, and I know she's a fan. Well, that would be that would be pretty pretty cool. It would be um, probably who knows who knows who the fuck knows <laughs> where any of that's going to go. Uh, for the moment, there's nothing concrete except that I am working on the, the putting out the um, the EP that we have. We recorded the EP. It's got uh, some of the later tunes from the six. It's got like um, what is it? It's um, forest. Breadcrumb Trail, Candy House, and um, Poor Man's Lament. Okay. So it's like four tunes that are, you know, both a musically stylistic connect and are themed on um, the Hansel and Gretel story. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting. Yeah, well, I feel like that's on point for our times, right? I mean, for sure, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, okay, leave the kids. <laughs> what we need to do is lead some of the kids, you know, we we can't can't feed them, lead the kids into the forest <laughs> and um abandon them to the wolves or whatever the fuck, you know. That's <laughs> that's kind of the story of Hansel and Gretel. It's, it's, I feel like, our, where our society's at, yeah, regrettably. Yeah, it seems to be uh, headed headed in that direction, for sure. Well, it fully is there. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not headed. We yeah. can hope to come back. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. yeah. You know, but we, we've arrived. I mean, those songs were written in the, the Bush era. Yeah. Um, tail end of the Bush era. And um, maybe a little more, I guess it's more, but, you know, the, the impetus for it came from that that snivel yeah. that was going on in the society then. But now we've really brought it on home with the, the full snivel. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's amazing how, how little has changed in some, some cases when you when you listen to some of the lyrics of the, the you know, the 80s hardcore scene, for example. Or, as you say, how much of the, how much has been actually realized now? You mean of of the the dark agenda yeah. that the yeah. the American right uh, brought brought on us and really started cooking in the Reagan era, um, and, and then um, you know trying to undo the New Deal and, and it's just a persistent um, grind uh, trying to you know, make the society meaner, concentrate wealth and power at the within the few hundred people who own most everything. Yeah, it seems seems that people are really starting to wake up to it though. Are you are you optimistic about about things? Sure, sure. I cuz I do I do feel like the the long term of um society has been positive i don't mean the short long term but if you look back you know a couple hundred years slavery and murder and no nobody was you know only white dudes with land could vote 
Um, you know, it's that's the, that's positive movement. You know, I, but I don't feel like the those movements are without uh, you know. And then, like, what what about like well, how, the work day or the work week was insane. Yeah, people did fourteen hour days, had ten hours to themselves to sleep and eat. <laughs> And they did that seven days a week. And then there were big strikes, and they got one more day off. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, six days a week of that. Jesus, it's like all of that's hard fought. And yeah. you can see, like, if you you look at the politic, the, the other side is trying to even squeeze that back. Yeah, that's um, the scary part is, as you say, a lot of those gains were hard fought. And once you, you give them up, they can be twice as hard to get back right because the other side knows what's coming yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah it just it feels like you know human history for sure anytime there's a progressive movement that makes change it seems like there's a big pushback that's gonna come when once the other shoe drops right well two steps forward one step back i guess so hey you know you still make forward progress yeah you know, because I do feel like, you know, you have to remember the the right to vote and, the, and you know, it's not like they're not trying to snivel that, too. Yep. But, um, you know, the, the right to vote and the, the freedom from slavery are, are big. I yeah. mean, in this country, we went through a giant, we, we fought a war to, to keep slavery. It's like the British were getting rid of that and landowners in this country were like oh my god <laughs> we need to get, yeah. get rid of that shit we can't have can't free the slaves and gotta fight a war instead yeah okay well before i let you go chuck i just wanted to ask you a one more question or maybe this is maybe this isn't a question maybe this is just uh something i'd like to to see happen uh when we did our episode for who's got the ten and a half we were trying to dissect your calendar that's on the cover of that album any do you have any of those uh old day planners or calendars we were saying on that episode how cool it would be to release those as a book just because there's so much amazing stuff on there like all the bands that uh that that you played with and and just the tour i tend i, to I don't think i have them yeah. you know I, I really don't that one's jordan's oh is it because um, his his was fun you know, yeah. it looked fun. Yeah. Where like my mine was at the by the time I got that far along, I had the for one thing I was booking a shit ton of bands. You know, oh. like I had six, seven, eight tours going at the same time. Wow! And so I laid them all out as a you know grid, and I made my own calendar, and they were basically week at a glance, but like ten bands at a glance. Right. <laughs> So, so I could go through a week, and I could look at the page, and I could see what all these different uh, performers were doing, and it made it facilitated the the job. Yeah, it kept kept me organized, and it, it helped me multitask on the different tours. So I could look at the page, and I go, okay, I'm talking to the talking. You're a promoter. You're going to talent buyer, and and I'm going, hey. You know, so we got the 14th, and then I looked down the line below the 14th, and I'm talking, and I could book everybody in around that same time period. I had all the tours up, and, and then I could 
look at you know, knew who was active and who was relevant to talk to uh, talk about yeah. in that conversation, thereby getting more of it done on your dime because <laughs> <laughs> it was back when phone calls cost some money. Yeah. Yep. And, and um, also, you know, it's it's some effort to make contact with people in the pre-email world. For sure. Um, and, and um, you know, actually make it all come come to be. And so to be efficient, I organized myself like that. Yeah. And I, I found that was fruitful because I was doing a lot of tours. Is that something you miss at all, working in that world? Um. I mean, I liked the people and, and being in touch with what was going on on the ground all around the world, country at least, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's okay. That's that's a phase. I walked away from that for a, a long time ago. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add, Chuck? Uh, any websites you want to plug or anything? No. Just, um, you know, you can buy that worm record, you know, check it out. Uh, I'm proud of it. And, and um, you know, you can uh, check out the CD6 stuff. That's um, proud of that too. And um, thanks for your time and interest. You know, it's that, that's a real privilege, you know, come, you know, come along uh, in life and make that uh, weird left turn and uh, decide to be a, a performer instead of a, a scientist. And um, everybody goes, oh, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I, I, I've been wanting to do this since I was in middle school. I just it took me a minute to really realize that that was what was what was up. And, uh, you know, when I was in college, I was like it became real clear to me that that was really my front burner item. And I, was, I had to go for that first and see what the fuck else. Well, I, I can tell you, I mean, I hope you know this, uh, but maybe you would have had a more comfortable lifestyle if you would have gone the other route and been been a scientist. But I can tell you, you've had uh, your music for sure has had a huge impact on people. I mean, people still uh, and always will talk about you know the music that you made. And that's that's something. Yeah, that is something, you know, I mean, I was I was out to to. I wanted to have a cultural effect. Uh, I wanted to be a, you know, have a voice in the in the culture, and I, I do feel like that uh, came across. And so I feel like I was successful, and that was cool. Yeah, most you know, definitely. Because I was like somewhere in middle middle of you know seventy five, seventy four. I was like, I'm you know, as soon as I get done with this college thing, I'm gonna burn that up. I want to do the music business and I want to do the band and uh, both agendas running hard and um, did it. Found some people to do it with and uh, did it. It's a thing, isn't it? You know, you got to go for it. Yeah. Thanks for this, Chuck. This was really fun talking to you. Right on, man. All right. Thanks so much, Chuck, for coming on the podcast. I know uh, Brant has been arranging that for some time now, and we were both eagerly awaiting it. So it's a huge, huge thrill for us uh, yeah. to have Chuck on the show. Yeah, I've literally asked him <laughs> 30 times to be on the podcast. So I'm glad he finally relented. <laughs> <laughs> As he acknowledged himself. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he, he was, was all he, he was also on that podcast, The Vinyl Guide. Yeah, and I I listened to that at your suggestion because I mean Chuck is kind of he's doing making the rounds I guess you could say with the uh, the Worm yeah. record out as he should. Yeah, and um, he's hitting on a bunch of different stuff on each interview, like you know, for example, only really got into Program Annihilator on this show as yeah. as far as I could tell. But it's just nice to hear that he's he's still still interested, still playing, still um, pretty mellow guy, um, but also really thoughtful and intelligent. Obviously, like when he started touching on politics in the interview, you could tell that um, he's been he's thought about it deeply for a long time, yeah. and uh, he's starting to see history repeat itself. And I found that really interesting. Yeah, he and I talked a ton off air too. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> so he he asked, you know, where we were, and I said Canada. <laughs> you want to hear two funny off air conversations about Canada I've had with guests? Sure. Or interest, maybe not funny, but interesting. Well, Chuck's is funny. Um, so this is my recollection of this. So I hope I get this right, but. As, to the best of my recollection, Sim Kane's dad was Canadian. He's from Ottawa. Or no, sorry, Ontario. I don't remember where specifically. But Sims spent a bunch of time in Canada. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And uh, Chuck told me this story off air about when they were in high school, him and Ed Danke. Uh, Ed Danke got fake ID out of the back of Rolling Stone magazine. Like you could, you could, you know, it was like, you could, you know, it was a really counterculture magazine back then. And it was like, you know, you've said in like maximum rock and roll and stuff like that, people could just put in classified ads almost. Yeah. And so they ordered fake ID off some dude when they were in high school and Chuck's or uh, Ed's said he was from Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> he totally knew where Saskatchewan was and, um, well, you had to if that was your ID, right? Yep. And uh, their their thought process was, well, no one will know what Saskatchewan ID looks like. So th we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, that's a good plan. Good yep. call. <laughs> thought that was pretty I remember, funny. Uh, I remember growing up actually in Saskatchewan and your ID used to be just a piece of paper <laughs> and no photo and... To get into the bar, uh, depending on what year you were born, you could maybe like scratch off a bit of the ink and do a little magic with a pencil, and uh, and in you go. <laughs> well, that's cool. Do you want to get into history lesson part two? I want to talk about a few things from Chuck's interview that I oh okay that I noted. Yeah, yeah. Lay it on me. You heard it here first. They jammed with Simon in 1977. Oh, yeah. That was the big takeaway for me. What else? He confirmed Death Ride is from the Feast Session, which I think we we already kind of knew. They did. What about the what about that uh, that whole album? Yeah, he talks about that. This, it was going to be called Sewer Rock, and he says they recorded it at Media Art a month before Nervous Breakdown was recorded. That's was, insane. Yeah, it was going to come out on some label called Embassy. Which, which I know nothing about. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. They did a version of I'm Dead with Simon in the 70s. 
Oh, another thing he said that we didn't know is that Lou had maybe been asked to join St. Vitus to, to replace Armando at some point. Yep. How cool is it also that he's thinking of maybe doing Worm with his wife, Laura, and his son, Milo? Yeah, that'd be cool. And why not, right? Why I not? mean, I think that uh, if Chuck revived Worm with that lineup, it would totally be Worm. Here's another one. Yeah, it would be. Here's another one of my favorite things from, from the interview. Who's got the ten and a half album cover is Jordan Schwartz's Day Planner. Yeah, that kind. Of, I actually <laughs> was a little let down by that, to be honest. A little let down. <laughs> Sorry for everyone who listened to our episode on that and thought it was Chuck's. Yeah, well, <laughs> safe assumption. I always thought it was. And uh, a little teaser for SST 73, which we're going to be getting to and sometime in like February or whatever. A um, couple tracks off that, Catacombs and Sea and Sky. Catacombs is actually on this this release, Program Annihilator. A couple of the first uh, worm tracks they ever wrote, according to Chuck. You want to talk about the tracks on this album, Ryan? Let's do it. History Lesson, Part 2. This album totally has themes on each side of the... On the, on the album anyways, the double album. Do you have this on vinyl? No, I just looked it up on Discog. So we'll see, maybe this will be our, uh, this is how we'll know if, if uh, the vinyl has more tracks. Oh yeah, no, I've, I've looked it up. It has a couple more. Okay, that's why the vinyl's 80 minutes of Psychic Fuel. Yeah. <laughs> Aha. That's the opposite of, I think every other release that's had bonus tracks has been on the, on the CD. Yeah, I don't know. There was a fair amount of stuff in uh, in the 80s and 90s where there was like two bonus tracks on the vinyl or the cassette, and then it flipped in like the mid-90s where bonus was always on CD. Yeah, well, much easier to do when you have a double album. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But a CD is supposed to play up to 80 minutes, so I don't know what what's the deal. Okay, well... We're going to go with the vinyl for the track listing, if that's okay with you. I mean, you've heard all these tracks before anyway, so you should be good to go. That would be acceptable to me. Okay. <laughs> then I'm going to read the tracks out. Side one of the first album is the St. Vitus side. We've got uh, War Is Our Destiny. And I'm going to say the... Uh, the numbers too of the releases, Ryan, so people can go back and check out the episodes if they haven't. Wars Our Destiny is off SST 52, Hallow's Victim. Uh, and then we've got White Stallions off the same album and also came out on SST 42, The Walking Dead EP. We've got Darkness also off The Walking Dead EP and then from SST 22, which is the Saint, uh, self-titled St. Vitus album. We've got White Magic, Black Magic. Do you know which of those tracks, Ryan, we chose for Ballot Result? Hmm. It's quiz time. Oh, man, there's no way I remember. I'm going to say White Magic, Black Magic. No, War is Our Destiny. <laughs> I believe off the self-titled one we chose The Psychopath. All right. Yeah, I definitely won't remember most of this stuff. Because yeah. this, like the other name for program Annihilator is, the other name for it is 
except for Black Flag, not Ryan's favorite stuff. <laughs> well, Chuck did confirm that this was an attempt to kind of package up the heavier stuff on the label. Yeah. Is all of that stuff on the CD that I just mentioned? Everything you mentioned there is on the disc so far, yep. Okay, side two is the flag side. Annihilate this week off of SST35, Loose Nut. We've got Society's Tease off of SST45, In My Head. You're Not Evil off of SST29, Slip It In. Beat My Head Against the Wall off of My War, which is SST23. And then Thirsty and Miserable from SST7, Damaged. So hang on a second. My Okay, so my CD has got Annihilate This Week, Society's Tease, You're Not Evil, Beat My Head Against the Wall, Thirsty and Miserable. And does does the vinyl have the extra track, The Wall? No, I don't think so. What's The Wall? I don't know. I'm looking it up on Discogs here, and it says that it has all those tracks plus a song called The Wall on the vinyl. Hmm. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know of any Black Flag song called The Wall. Yeah. Let me look here. Um, you know what? That's a that's a mistake on Discogs. Okay. When you look at the actual picture, it's Annihilate This Week, Society's Tease, You're Not Evil, Beat My Head Against The Wall, but the, the words The Wall wrap around. Oh, I see. And then it's Thirsty and Miserable. Okay. Phew. So... Yeah. So yet another mistake on Discogs. There you go. Okay. So that's the flag side, a nice little snapshot of Black Flag. Not the tracks I would have chose, but I mean, I, I like all these songs, I guess. Me too. Yeah. Nothing by Ron and Keith, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all Rollins stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I would have chose these songs. They're all good. Definitely all on the heavier side. Yep. Let's get even heavier with side three. Side three is the Overkill slash DC3 side. We've got uh, three tracks from Overkill, Head On, and Head On, Victimized, and Ladies in Leather, all off SST38, Triumph of the Will. Nothing from the single. So the CD does not have Head On on it. Okay. Well... Uh, for me, I really, it really made me remember how much I like that Overkill record. I'm not a huge fan of Ladies in Leather just because the lyrics are a little cheesy. But the one thing about that song that I picked up on that I didn't pick up on last, last time, Ryan, and I wanted to see if you caught the same thing, is when Meryl Ward goes, Ooh! <laughs> I was wondering if that's how Lee Dorian from Cathedral came up with that because that's kind of his signature move. Any, oh, well, any, you know, any I'm thoughts big, on that? Yeah, you know, I'm a big <laughs> Cathedral fan. <laughs> I could, no, no. Moving on. Lee Dorian totally ripped off Meryl Ward. Okay, moving on to SST 63, which is the DC3 album The Good Hex. We've got The Locust and The Maniac. Two tracks. We just did this one, I guess, what, three episodes ago? Yep. And uh, and then We Feel the Sky from SST33, This is the Dream. 
and We Fill the Sky is not on the CD. Oh, weird. Okay, well, they're all good tracks from DC3. Probably not the ones I would have picked, though. Yeah, I'm just looking now. Those, like that Overkill track and that DC3 track, those are the two songs that give you an extra 10 minutes on the double LP. Okay. Everything else is the same. Do you do you recall, Ryan, if we picked any songs off, off the flag side or of this side for our ballot result? I don't recall that. We did not. <laughs> well, there you go. Yep. Uh, side four is the Chuck Dukowski side. You've got Swa. Yep. Uh, two tracks off of an album we haven't gotten to yet, but it may have been out at this point. Who's to say? It's SST 73, Sex Doctor, uh, and we've got Catacombs and the title track, Sex Doctor. And then from SST 53, Sine, Cosine, X. And that's from Your Future, If You Have One. And then it ends off with two tracks from the Feast album by Worm. Uh, the title track, Feast and Bad Habits. And that's SST 41. Yeah, so you got to think if they've got tracks off a of Sex Doctor, this catalog number sst 66 they had this one just on the shelf still to use up for sure or those those two tracks were exclusive to this album for a period of time i guess yeah this has got a big spiel on the back too hey why don't you lay that one on me all right and and just like the record not quite exactly up my alley but here we go <laughs> A warning from the programmer, extreme caution, is mandatory with all use of this psychic program material. For a while, with proper use, this program information will tune the listener to sufficient destructive capability to get any job, no matter how dirty, done. If mishandled, this psychic fuel program, opening parentheses, program annihilator, closing parentheses, may overload the subject's receptive capacity, which could result in indiscriminate violence of an intensity the programmer can only assume the subject will consider undesirable. And now we go into all caps. The programmer, therefore, hereby disclaims any responsibility for the actions of those who willingly make the decision to avail themselves of program annihilator wow for somebody who who's not feeling that vibe you did a pretty good job of reading that ryan oh i'm quite the thespian (laughs) now does it say who wrote that no there's no correct well i mean i can only assume it's the uh what does it say here the programmer well my money's on chuck that sounds like a chuck dukowski spiel i should have asked him Oh, yeah, it sounds very SWA-esque, but um, it says, a warning from the programmer. Those are the first words. Hmm. So I can only assume it's the programmer. Not to be confused with the central scrutinizer. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the artwork's pretty bare bones. It's got the bands kind of listed on the cover in like, you know, an italic font. Yeah, really nice italicized font, I must add. (laughs) I can see why they did this. I can see why they tried to kind of uh, put 
a lot of the heavy tunes, a lot of the heavy bands together. And I bet you um, a lot of people who had jeans and leather jackets rocked out to this for a bit there in the 80s. For sure. Hey, uh, I thought of a solution to your problem, Ryan. I could drop what? Bo- I could Dropbox you a folder of the Cathedral album Forest of <laughs> Forest of Equilibrium, and you could. I, I could not listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> How is that a solution? <laughs> that would just be taunting me. What you got to do is, you, if you want to taunt me, you got to send me something that's actually up my alley. While I sent you the Albini demos, what more do you want? They're sitting there, man. They're sitting there. I just can't click on them. Well, I can't. Uh, I could Photoshop you a fake cover. Would that help? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could print it off and stick it in a CD into a jewel case. and If you wouldn't mind, <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> are, we ready, oh, well. are we ready for the ballot result? Yes, you are. Oh, I am. Ballot result. You don't have a pick? No, man. Go for it. Okay, well, I, I feel like I covered this while we went through the tracks, but the only one hey, of these... Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second, wait a second. I can. For those who don't know, Brant and I Skype when we do this, and that's why like the sound quality is not the greatest sometimes, but hold up that book again. Do you have the black flag bars in red elect- <laughs> red electrician's tape on the cover of your notebook? Oh, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> Attaboy! Attaboy. Uh, Wait a second. And you've got, you've got, hold on, you've got red electrician tape, black flag bars <laughs> on your Hillroy coil-bound 200-page notebook. That's right, that, man. That is killer. Yeah. Nice one. Nice one. Thank now you. Hit me, hit me with a ballot result. <laughs> um, well, the only one of these uh, songs we've picked, Ryan, is War Is Our Destiny, as I think I mentioned. So we've got some, uh, lots of choices here. But no, no surprise to anyone who's listened to the podcast before, uh, I'm going to pick Beat My Head Against the Wall for my war. Nice one. Favorite album. So got to do it. Nice. Nice one. You know, I listened to um, to My War again recently, and dang, it's good. Yeah. And you know what got me to listen to it is uh, I'm a fan of this band called Child Bite. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of them? Oh, yeah, I know them. Yeah. So they, uh, they released like a collection of rarities and covers called Burnt Offerings. Yeah. And they do uh, disc two is all covers, and they do My War, oh, really? Police Truck. Earth AD, We Bite, Eye Against Eye, Guilty of Being White and It Follows. They do Unbridled by Sam Hain. They do Don't by Unsane. Child Bite. For for someone who's not a banger, you still, you sure, like, flirt with the genre. They're on, like, Phil Ensemble's label, label, Housecore Records. Yeah, I flirt with the genre of banger rock? Of metal, yeah. Yeah. Look, look, I'm not against metal. I'm not against metal. I just don't like Cathedral, for example. <laughs> well, I'll leave that to you. No. Anyways, um, why don't you close out the year for us, Brent? 
Sure, I'll close it out. Uh, thanks to everyone who's checked out an episode, sent in a message in 2018, uh, shared a post we did, told somebody about the podcast. Please come back in 2019. We'll be doing our, our top 10. Lots of people liked when we did our top 10. I've been Ooh. I've been obsessing over my 28 top, 2018 top 10 because there's been so many amazing... Do we need to do a top 20, Ryan? No. No? Top ten. Top ten. No, we gotta be we gotta be disciplined about this. Okay. Top ten coming in January some point at some point too. So stay tuned for that. Thanks everybody. Hope you have a great holiday season. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at Mojack Pod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is Mojackpod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content. If you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.